morning, good morning, Rock Harbor. Good to see you this morning. Good to be in God's house. Good to be in God's house again. We're going to enter in as we always do with prayer. Uh, let's let's pray. Look forward to uh, to what God's got planned for us uh, throughout the day. We got a great worship service. We also got uh, the baptism uh, this this evening. A lot of things to be looking forward to. So excited about those. Let's worship the Lord. Let's worship the Lord this morning. Father, thank you. Thank you for this morning. Father, we just pray a prayer of, of supplication, Lord of God, to you as we bend. Father God, we bend before you. We bow and we humble ourselves. Father, we invite you in as we always do. Father, we want you to be present. We want the Holy Spirit to be present. Father, we pray a, a, a razor's edge, Father God, on the word today, God, that it cut us and mold us and make us into the people that we need to be. Thank you for this opportunity today, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless Amen. you this morning. See what God's got for you today. Amen. If you will ask, He will bless. Amen. Let's sing, give Him praise. This man, I caught that line. No, we couldn't take the place. Amen. We couldn't do what He did. Uh, we would fail severely. And that's why we need to be so ever thankful for the Lord and what He did. Uh, many times we fall into some kind of a, a frame of religion and we just don't get it. Uh, we fail to get it. Lord help, let us ever come closer to getting it, to getting what took place on that cross and what Jesus has done for all of us. Amen. All mankind. Amen. Let's lift our words this morning. Proclaim with me one more time. This is the Word of God. This is the Word of God. I will walk in it. I will walk in it. I'll abide by it. I'll abide by it. I'll adhere to it. I'll adhere to it. And I'll stand upon it. I'll stand upon it. For it is my strength. For it is my strength. It is my power. It is my power. And it is my life. It is my life. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. And if you're here this morning, and you're kind of feeling uncomfortable I'm going to tell you and I'm saying this I don't know if I've ever said it that way you're feeling uncomfortable because somebody is dealing with you and that somebody's name is Jesus come on we can all leave here different than what we came but we can only do that in Jesus name praise the Lord kiddos are gone younger to class to take off in children's church have fun have a good time. Kind of a slowness in the atmosphere this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, kiddos. Going. Uh, I just want to stress just for a moment this morning. Uh, and you've heard me use this term many times and sometimes we even use terms so often that they lose their meaning significance and and uh, really their explanatory purpose and I consider it a privilege a privilege every facet of the meaning of that word to be able to minister this gospel this morning and every time that I, I take this place behind this pulpit ever so careful to allow the Lord to prepare me and allow this to be presented uh, I pray for that anointing and, and I caught something in Brother Kenny's prayer over the offering this morning uh, let us worship you in spirit and in truth I caught that and that's what we need to be doing uh, God again 
looks for those who faithfully and genuinely worship him. When he looks for them, he sees them because they're very evident, uh, easily drawn. And there, there's a lot of things going on in the world today in the name of religion. A religion is just that religion is adhering to some kind of group of rules or principles or doctrine or whatever you want to call it. Uh, people can be religious in sin, devoted to it. Uh, but we are called to be worshipers of Christ, worshipers of God. Amen. Uh, that's the difference. Anybody can call themselves anything. Uh, you, you can write Christian across your forehead. That doesn't make you one. It doesn't make you a worshiper. Uh, and there's been a tremendous amount of, of uh, teaching and ministering and preaching lately along the line and the concept of worship and what is it. And we've been all over that. And we need instruction. And Brother Tanner brought up something this morning and talking about family and children. We need to be teaching children how to worship the Lord. We need to be teaching them how to praise God, their creator, their keeper. Teach them, yes, God is your keeper, he's your creator, he, he's your help in life. He is the only one that can help you and do for you what none other can. And the greatest thing is provide you with the forgiveness of sin and something we refer to as salvation, which, again, so many times we take so lightly, we hear it so much, salvation, salvation, get saved, get saved, receive the Lord, receive the Lord, and it becomes almost meaningless to us. And sadly, like a lot of the others of the Bible, it becomes words on paper. If you really want to experience God, get it in you. Receive the Lord and and allow him to come into your life and, and first of all, change you. I've said that already. Change you. Well, I'm afraid of change, Brother John. I, I think I'm all right the way I am. If you're here this morning and you don't know the Lord as your Savior, you're not all right the way you are. And I'm not trying to drum you or beat you over the head or force you to do anything. I'm just giving you biblical facts. You're not all right. You, can, you might have convinced yourself of that. You might have told yourself, I'm fine the way I am. I don't need anything. I'm good. How about that one? I'm good. So I, who needs the Lord if they're good, right? Jesus himself said there's only one that's good, and that's God. Amen. So that pretty much leaves all of us out and everybody else that's ever lived. We're not good. We're only good if we're good through Christ. I'm not saying we can't do good things and perform good acts and be good to people. Absolutely, we can. But the goodness that, that Jesus was talking about is that that value of good of God. That when we receive him and we're changed, our life is changed, and his goodness comes into us, then we're able to do a lot of things that otherwise we're not able to do. That's not the lesson this morning, really. It's... it's uh, something quite much different but uh, I want to uh, just follow what I'm really I feel led to present this morning and, and this is another term that, that you hear very very often uh, it's something that is probably preached about, talked about uh, emphasized, whatever and it's simply the presence of the Lord 
the presence of the Lord, the presence of the Lord in an individual life, the presence of the Lord in a family, the presence of the Lord in a church. In a church? Come on. Church? Is that not where the presence of the Lord is supposed to be? Of all places? Amen. Remember that word, places. Of all places, the church should exhibit and demonstrate the presence of the Lord. So, we're here this morning. We've arrived, and we're sitting between four walls, a number of people. Does that guarantee the Lord's presence? Not at all. And I will tell you this, and I may sound a little harsh in saying this, but it's becoming more evident all the time. There's places called churches where the presence of God doesn't exist anymore. Amen. I thank God for the presence the experience and many people even argue that a relationship with the Lord is not about experience it's about literal receiving something scriptural and that's where it ends that's where it begins that's where it stops follow through with this and that's all that there is there's no experience I beg to differ there's a tremendous experience I believe those of you here this morning have found that out experiencing Christ in your life relationship with him right so speaking of presence of the Lord that bears some questions be asked first one is where is it where is it and I believe God's taken us this way because the greatest thing that we need and this is greatly emphasized in this day we're living in with everything going on around us the greatest thing we all need individually and the greatest thing we need corporately as a church or a body of believers is the presence of the Lord. Amen. If you don't have the presence of the Lord, folks, I'm going to tell you, you don't have anything. Amen. And you can be sitting on tens of millions of dollars. You can have everything you could ever want. You could be living in luxury. You can have the fanciest facility or the fanciest home or the fancy of anything. And you can think that you're set to go and you're good, but if you don't have the presence of God in your life, you don't have anything. Amen. Amen. So, where is it? Where is the presence of the Lord? Where does the Lord show up? Some would say He don't show up. He's in heaven. And he won't show up till he comes back. I beg to differ. That's right, yeah. But where? Where does the Lord show up? I'll be the first to tell you there's been extremes taken in, in this part of society that we're living in today to try to create platforms and stages and some wild commotion to try to draw the presence of the Lord in. <laughs> and I think I have to say, there's a presence comes in sometimes, all right? But I'm talking presence of the Lord. 
Amen. See, man, human as we are, we, and, I, and I'm, I'm reluctant to use the word we, but I've got to use the word we because this involves everybody in the, in the religious arena, if you will. In the, the, the Christian sphere. So when we ask, where is it really that the Lord shows up? Where is that? Because he's not taken a seat in heaven and left us all alone. Let me tell you that. God has arranged a way, sent Jesus to the cross. That's right. Who sacrificed and died for the sins of mankind. Amen. They took him down, and i got to keep saying this. Oh, we're going to hear this again, that old crucifixion story. Mm. That on, don't ever get tired of the crucifixion. No, no, again. No, never no, get no. tired of the resurrection day. Amen. Put him in the tomb, and he rose on the third day, lives again, ascended to God the Father, sent the Holy Spirit back to earth to do, guess what? Establish a presence uh, of yeah, the Lord. Yeah. A presence of the Lord. But where does he show up? You believe in the Trinity, first of all? God yes. the Father, God the Son, God Amen. the Holy Spirit? Amen. Biblical? Godhead three and one. We gotta believe, folks. If you're all confused, get your believer fixed. Amen. Yeah. Get your head in the Word of God. Don't necessarily just take what I'm saying for granted. That happens a lot, and because it does, people's all confused about things. Back it up with the Word of God. You hear me preach something that if you question it or you you need to get some more information, go to the Word of God. That's where it comes from. Amen. That's where I get it. But really, where does the Lord show up? Is it just when a number of people show up and because a lot of people show up and the Lord's undoubtedly there, right? Maybe, maybe not. I'm not saying that there isn't. I believe we need to know when we really want to answer this question, we got to look to the Word again. Amen. That's right. We got to look to the Word. But I'm going to kind of stress a few facts this morning. Uh, again, we're here, and and there's a sign right out here in front of the church that says church on. It. it matter of fact, it says Rock Harbor Church. But just because that sign's out there, does that mean the presence of the Lord's on the inside? No. No. We could have a 40 by 40 billboard out there that's flashing and neon and all these LED lights going off saying church, 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 church. That doesn't mean the presence of the Lord's here. That's right. So where does the presence show up? Where does the Lord show up? Just, you know, mention of the sign, I mean, people passing up and down the road out there, they see church. And they got some kind of idea. Well, I guess there's some kind of religious ceremony going on in there as far as they know is just because there's a religious ceremony does that mean the presence of the Lord isn't there I'm sorry but maybe not that's right and I want to stress this fact even though ceremonies are awesome and I'm not saying they're not holy and I'm not saying they're not sacred but sometimes the church gets way too ritualistic 
and they lose understanding of where it is the Lord really shows up and they spend a lot of money and they go to a lot of effort trying to create some kind of, again, a platform or a stage that God's going to see the flash and the glamour of and all of a sudden he's just going to show up God on the spot. You want to know where the Lord shows up? Does anybody here really want to know where does the Lord show up? Where does he show up? Has he showed up in your life? Amen. Seriously, really. And again, I'm not talking just literally. Not just because you said something or just because somebody told you. You know. You know and I know if the Lord has showed up in your life. You know. And you know if he hasn't. Right. If you'll admit it. Amen. So, does the Lord show up when there's expensive and glamorous and luxurious furnishings and facilities or does he show up where there's meager and hardly anything at all maybe both of those maybe neither certainly not knocking any so where does the Lord's presence show up and again I think it's very apparent there's attempts that we got to draw God's attention by objects. Or some kind of a work. And what God what draws God's attention is really very simple. So when we ask ourselves this question, I'm gonna I'm gonna cover a few more things. And this is one that, that I was really drawn to discuss and bring forth. Does the Lord only show up where there's very, very skillfully talented musicians and many of them? Nope. Or in the place where there's not even anybody can carry a tune to play anything? Could be either one or neither, right? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of effort in the religious realm to try to create an atmosphere. Right. And if we're not careful, we will abandon the simplicity of where the Lord shows up and change it for trying to create and decorate and spend and do everything possible within the realm of humanism right. and really miss where it is the Lord really shows up. Absolutely. We're going to look at some scripture here in just a minute. So one more. One more. Does the Lord show up in the midst of wild emotions and everything that you could possibly imagine that the human body can do? Twist itself into contortions and all kinds of things? Or does he show up 
It's been a still small voice. To a same answer. Maybe, maybe not. Let's talk about where he shows up, where Jesus himself said he shows up. Uh, I could go on and give you example after example this morning, but hopefully some of these has kind of brought you to some kind of a realization, at least some some uh, desire to kind of roll this around and think about it. Where does God really show up? Where does the Lord show up? First of all, he wants to show up in your life. Amen. In your life. But he doesn't, that's it, he doesn't force himself in. He doesn't. But he will definitely receive an invitation. Amen. Come in, Lord. I need you. Somebody may need to hear that this morning. In the book of Matthew, and this is something uh, you've heard many, many times. It's found in the 18th chapter. I'm going to quote it before you get there. I'll give it to you. It's verse 20. It says, For where two or three are gathered, there I am in the midst of them. Where two or three are gathered, there I am in the midst of them. Anybody got there yet? Amen. Did you notice I missed something? Right in the middle of it. So just because two or three or a multitude or however many gather, that doesn't mean that he's in the midst of them. There's a key element in that scripture that we need to know. And it's not difficult and it's not complicated at all. And I'm going to break this down this morning because I believe we need to get this. Somebody here, all of us together, needs to get what the Lord is saying here now. Now, correctly so, the Lord's been discussing an offense, or an offense in the church. Somebody gets offended or whatever in the preceding verses. And, and this is attached to those verses, although it kind of seems like he kind of uh, comes from one particular spiritual context into another one, although he's still uh, speaking of the previous as well. And that's the argument that I have to some people. I've mentioned literal several times. No, you got to be totally literal with the word. You can't take things and make them work somewhere else. Well, if the word's alive, and if I get blessed or I get saved or I get delivered or whatever out of a scripture that's over here, when I'm over yonder, then praise God for it. That's how God's word works. Amen. It speaks to our heart. It speaks to our soul. And here Jesus is responding and teaching and this is what he says right in the middle of it. Or right at the conclusion of it, actually. He says, for where? Remember that? Where does the Lord show up? For where? This is Jesus speaking. For where? What he's talking about. This little bitty three-letter word, for, it means in fact. Indeed. Truthful. It's going to happen. That's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. One little word. What's going to happen? What of a truth? What it is a fact. For. Where. Where. 
biblically that's whithersoever or any place so does that just mean that whoa we can expect God to show up in any place Amen. that we want him to hmm. or we snap our fingers and push our button or we don't have to push a button anymore we just speak God and that's kind of the attitude of me yes. God I called your name so you better show up Right. Well, that's not what Jesus is saying here, and I'm going to read the remainder of this verse, and we're going to open it up. We're going to look at it. <coughs> or where two or three, let me read the whole verse, then we'll back up. Maybe make it a little simpler. For where two or three are gathered together, and this is the part I didn't recite earlier, in my name. Mm -hmm. Remember that one, please. In my name, there am I in the midst of them. Now, I know that scripture has been taken and considered an automatic thing. Two or three of us showed up, or however many we gathered up, we're in church, so man, God showed up. Maybe, maybe not. What makes the difference? Why we came. Right. Why we came. Amen. When he says two or three, actually talking, if you research this, uh, many times biblically you'll see the term two, two, three, to three. And what that signifies is people in unity and harmony. It doesn't just mean a hundred people showing up in a hundred different ways and a hundred different purposes of mind and a hundred different thoughts going a hundred different directions not uh, communicating at all not, not having the same purpose of mind not, see two by two three by three biblically is people that are walking in unison matter of fact uh, scripturally the Bible declares uh, how can two walk together unless they agree Amen. agree powerful word in the Bible agree you can take that to the, the sense of it in the secular sense of it or earthly sense to simplify what I'm meaning here um, if you don't agree if you're trying to work with somebody and you can't agree how are you ever going to get anything done how are you ever going to accomplish anything how are you ever going to experience the fruit or the product of what it is you're trying to produce you can't you can't so Jesus is really giving a lesson in the scripture here when he's talking and he's he's relating this, when he says, for where two or three are gathered in my name. Are gathered in my name. Gathered together. Not just assembled in a place. That's not what it means. You remember the Pentecostal chapter and verse? Acts chapter 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. What is Jesus referring to here? Why were they with one accord in one place? And why did we see the results of why they were there in one accord in one place in Acts chapter 2 verse 1? 
because they were like-minded, because they were there for the same purpose, because they were there for the same cause. They were there because Jesus himself had instructed them to do so, to tarry in Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father, right? Amen. Good advice for the entire continuing generations of the church, huh? Wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. What Jesus is saying here, you may not realize it this morning is powerful. Mm-hmm. Because if people are gathering for the wrong reason, there's not going to be any presence of the Lord. Amen. In my name. My Bible doesn't say in your name. And your Bible doesn't say in Brother John's name or anybody else's name. It says when Jesus said in my name, he's referring to himself. Amen. In other words, it's all about him. Uh-huh. Amen. Right here. This it's all about him. It's not about anybody else but him. Amen. In my name. There's none other that can do what I can do. That's right. There's none other that can offer you what I can offer you. Amen. Not, don't look at me funny. I'm not speaking to me. I'm speaking what Jesus is trying to say here. Uh-huh. I can do very little for you. I can preach you the word, and what you do with it is upon you. But if we don't get this wonderful, marvelous, deep, deep knowledge of what Jesus is saying here, we're really not ever going to get the reality of knowing where the Lord really shows up and where He's willing to show up. And it is not difficult to, to bring His presence into your life or into... A family, my goodness, don't families need the presence of the Lord at the same time. Do you realize and understand the difference in a family that does not have the presence of the Lord and one that does? Mm-hmm. And God help, I'm not trying to say we're better than anybody else or any family that that uh, that has God as a just a the integral part of your home and your family, marriage relationship. Let me tell you something. A marriage relationship with the presence of the Lord in the midst of it, praise God, it's wonderful, and you have the help of God in every aspect of your marriage or of your family or of anything else that, that you can associate. But how in the world do things get so misconstrued and warped when it comes to really knowing where the presence of the Lord is? Mm-hmm. He said where they gather together in my name. What does that mean? Further, what does that mean? In my name. Biblically, it means in, by, and through. Every resource that I have. Everything supernatural that's available I have it see name means more than name name here is not just a title or something written or declared name here is significant because it bears out who Jesus is talking about is himself and he contains everything that heaven has and that should be our constant search, our constant desire, our continuing efforts 
It's not just a show up one time or once in a while deal. This is talking about a continuous relationship coming before the Lord, however many it might be. People, oh man, sweet harmony. Is there anything like unity and harmony? I got to back up. Talk about that. Just nothing like it. When two people agree by heart, not just by mind, there's a lot of people that agree on opinions. We're seeing that go on right now. That don't mean that they're right. Right. That's right. You can start a movement with some opinions. Yeah. But see, true unity and true harmony, true accord, is when hearts meet. It's when souls latch up together. And folks, listen to me. That's greatly suffering in the church of today. You're here today. See you next time or next week. Don't really know you. Don't even know your name. And I know we here, smaller church, probably know everybody the first name. What a privilege. But just knowing somebody by their name doesn't mean you're in accord with them. Right. Amen. It doesn't mean that you have the like-minded, which connects to the heart. Biblically, like-mindedness is like-heartedness. It doesn't mean that you have that necessarily. That's why Jesus is, is here, and I'm very emphatically declaring, and I very emphatically declare, declare to you this morning that this verse is huge. If, if we really want to have the Lord's presence in our life, if we really want to be the where at, that the Lord's presence shows up, then we need to understand where Jesus said it's going to show up. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. In His name. Right. Amen. All focus on Him. That's right. He didn't mean just pop my name off and everything would be good. Right. Catch the term in my name. In. That literally means, biblically, an entrance into. Think about that. An entrance into my name. What's he talking about? How can you enter into somebody's name? There's only one that you can. When you enter into his name, then you are entering into everything he is. Which is what? We don't know. There's so much we haven't found out yet about the Lord. Mm-hmm. So what are we entering into? Even though we don't know, it's going to be good. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be life changing more and more and more. Was your you're here this morning? Was your life just changed once? No. Well, my life's changed, so it's done. I'm changed. Or is it constantly changing? Come on, amen. It better be constantly changing because why? Because you get this. If you get this, your life should be constantly changing Godward. Another shoot-off of this definition actually means toward. Toward me. Toward me. Gathered together in my name. (coughs) 
there am I in the midst of them. Let's turn it around and I'm not changing the Bible. Listen to me, I'm not changing the Bible, but for the sake of the message this morning, let's turn this around. I am in the midst of them who gather together in my name when they are in unity and harmony in two by twos and three by twos. Right. Yeah. yeah. What a huge statement by the Lord. Right. Bearing out so much meaning and intent. He, 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 this is a declaratory scripture. It's a declaration. He's putting it in stone. This is the way. This is where the presence of the Lord shows up. Mm -hmm. It's not just an easy, again, button push or, or, or wishful thought or whatever. Folks, this is where it's at. If you want God's presence, if you want the presence of the Lord, if you want the presence of Jesus in your life, you've got to go into where he's at. Yes, amen. And you've got to approach that with a knowledge and an understanding and knowing and believing who he is. He was standing here teaching to people, and there were all kinds in the audience. Yeah. I mean, there were those that didn't believe a thing about him. There were there were those that by now had become faithful followers. He's speaking to all of them. And even in a church setting, just because people come into a house of the Lord or a building with the church sign out front, it doesn't necessarily mean that everybody in the place knows anything about this scripture or has experienced anything about it. But I believe this mention of the word declaration or declaring, I declare to you this morning. I mean, you're here. At least you've arrived in body. I'm speaking to someone. And I know, folks, it's wonderful and glorious. We, we, uh, we gather in this place and and we, we see the great news of God. We see people's lives changed. But I, I'm a firm believer, and, and I can, I, it's been reinforced to me many, many times. I've stood here and preached a sermon, and uh, it's like one person in the, in the building was the only one that was for. Mm -hmm. And that may be the case this morning, but we can look upon that uh, with a different view. Well, hey, at least I got to hear it. Right. Amen. Because when you hear something, what happens? Where does it go? Well, let me say this. When you hear something, you're either gonna, it's going to bounce off and you're going to reject it in one ear and out the other. Are you going to get it and it's going to penetrate down into your heart and soul? It might not have an effect right now. And I learned that boy, when I preached something, used to, I think, man, where's the results? I love to see results. I love to see people stand up, come to the front or to the altar, or whatever. Sometimes that don't happen immediately. Right. Push button preacher, huh? No. no, we do. We desire. We desire to see people's, you know, hearts change, lives change, better for it. Yeah. But what I'm saying, when you receive this, the word of the Lord does not return void. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. See, the word stirs your faith up. Everybody here has got an element of faith whether you know it or not. 
God designed us with an element of faith in us. We got to have faith to receive the word, to receive somebody we've never seen before. We'll see him one day, but we haven't seen him yet. So we we got to have faith in something we can't see. We got to believe in someone that we can't touch and we can't feel. But that doesn't mean he's not ever very real. So we find him. He says that he comes where to the place where people gather together in his name. Amen. In his name. Yeah. So much of our society today and other places as well, individuals, individuals, their life is made up of all about them. And we see it more and more and more. That does not fit this scripture. That's right. What fits this scripture is all about God. Make my life all about God. And I don't, you know, many times when people are wrestling with accepting, receiving the Lord or not, or staying the way they are, or living the life they're living. It, sometimes I agree it's a wrestling match because the facts being of the wrestling match is I don't really need all that well that sounds too religious for me well maybe this will help what Jesus says right here in the entirety of this word it's not just now and it's not just a reminder of your lifetime folks it's eternal it's eternal and that makes the difference so when we understand if we really want to to know where is it where is it Jesus really sets up president where is it that he really comes to and the where here literally means that he will come in that's what it means it says am I in the midst of them he will come in. Where? Midst. What's midst? In the middle. In the middle. What's in the middle? God. Most things you can think of, literally, where's the best part? In the middle. Right? Get to the middle. That's where the juicy part of the pie is. <laughs> Catch this. I'm going to read it again. There am I in the in the middle of them. But you got to catch the main part of this in my name. Yes, amen. Come in my name, he's saying. Come in my name, enter in my name, by my name, through my name, and you will access the contents of my name which are, again, indescribable, unable to explain, but open access. How about you this morning? There's so much more contained in this. This could, this could be a lesson real easy, this one scripture, for a lengthy period of time. But this morning, of course, we're somewhat limited, so... 
you you may have asked yourself lately, where's, where's the Lord at? Why am I not experiencing the Lord? What, what's happened? I used to. I don't know where he went. He didn't go anywhere you did. But you see, we got to understand the meaning of presence. Presence. He's waiting to be present. And it's not like he ran off and left, but he's not in the middle because you haven't allowed him to be. And you haven't allowed him to be because you hadn't recognized in fullness who he is. In his name. I'm going to ask you to stand this morning. I was watching uh, recently some of these protesters that are doing destruction and, and all the like. Don't want to give them a whole lot of glamour, none at all, really. But uh, they're asking some of them why they were doing what they were doing. They couldn't even tell them the first thing about why they were doing what they were doing. What's that got to do with this? Because there's a lot of people in churches that's got the same fix. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know why they're doing. They're just maybe showing up. Until they come to this one scripture, it'll pretty much always be that way. Uh-huh. Either you get it or you don't. Yeah. Offering an invitation this morning, I'm going to dismiss simply that. Questions, do you believe in Jesus Christ? Do you believe he is truly the Son of God, sent by God to earth, to be a redemption for the sins of mankind, including yours and mine, that through his death, burial, and resurrection, we can be forgiven of our sins, have them raced off of our slate of the past, never to be heard, spoken of, seen again. Do you believe this morning that Jesus came to do that and that he's given you an invitation for him to enter into your life. Yeah. I'm giving you one right now. There's anyone here this morning that you want to receive Christ. You want to see the Lord into your life. You want to take him up on this scripture I've shared with you. I'm going to ask you to come. I ask you to make your way right down this aisle and I'll be here to pray for you. Few final moments of this service. Everybody else, please be praying. Lord, we come this morning and we just look to you, God, and Father, if there be one in this house today, Lord, who has no idea of who you are. Maybe he's given no thought until now that they what they've heard in this place this morning may be all they've ever heard. But I pray, God Father, that you reach deep down into the soul 
the depths of the soul right into the middle of the individual or individuals, Lord, this morning. And touch them in such a way, God, that they respond to the call that cometh from none but you, O Lord. God, today I just pray for this entire congregation, all of us, this church, that we continually steady ourselves, Lord, in the aspect of the Scripture and know, Lord, that, God, absolutely we must and need to come together, to be together, to stay together, and to keep our focus upon you and you alone, to have unity and accord, harmony amongst one another, and do all things in the name of Jesus, knowing and believing that all things are possible through you. And Lord, by so we know that you will come and be in our midst. In Jesus' name. Amen. Anyone this morning before we dismiss? Jesus, so, hallelujah. Thank come you, on, I'm going to linger and wait a long time. Glory. Okay, baptism this evening, 5 o'clock. Hope to come out and support. Camp Bond. Everybody know where Camp Bond is? Anybody don't know where Camp Bond is? <laughs> Same answer, all right. Okay, hope to see you there. God bless. Have a great day. Uh, Brother Stan, would you dismiss us? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day that you've given us, Lord, an opportunity to come and hear your word, Lord. I just ask that we uh, live by you throughout the week, Lord, and trust and return to you, Father, as we go out through our journey through this life, Lord. And again, I thank you for this day, and I ask that you bless all of us here this morning, Lord. And I ask all this in your son Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Amen.